should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. So that is um, a little clip from Devil May Cry, I think four, on my stream deck. And I've been using this thing for a long time. You've got one of these, right, Justin? I do. It's been plugged in for almost a year. Um, haven't even done anything Dude, with anything it. Anything on it? You got no, nothing on I didn't it? even haven't even played with it yet, Peter. I bought it at the worst. I saw a sale for it. It was like eighty bucks. I was like, that seems like a good deal for this. That's a pretty good price, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I bought it and then I plugged it in. That's as far as I got with it. I was like, oh, I wonder what I can do with this. If I it's press very it. cool. To to be honest with you, um, I, I use it like I've got like hotkeys for a lot of my writing stuff or a lot of my editing stuff. So like I can just oh. push a button, Premiere opens, push a button, Photoshop opens. Um, but then like, I've got like, I've got all the sounds for the show on here, right? Metacritic roundup song, news stinger. Uh, I click one thing that's got our little podcast logo on it or like the, the, what is that called? The like art, the podcast art thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? When I click that and that opens audacity for me. Um, and then I was realizing like, oh, I could have way more fun with this. So I did, I put that on there and I've got this whole top row that's just empty. I'm like, I got to start filling this thing with sound effects and I'm going to start throwing them into hitbox episodes, I Ooh, think, I as like we go. That. I like that. Yeah, yeah we have, I might do like a guessing game of like video game sound effects where you have to like put it, you know, place like, them. But I'm just I'm just sitting here and like pressing the buttons. And that's a satisfying click. It's a satisfying click. Oh, it's it nice. It is actually an argument like, you know how they're like so much of everything has moved to just touch screen, touch yeah. screens that are like. You know, just flat screens. There's something to be said about a lot of Elgato's products that do have analog buttons that I really like. Um, where you know you're you're physically pushing a thing and getting that physical response. Um, they also they just announced a like a new Stream Deck. It's like the Stream Deck 6.0. Um, let me look. Does it does it? Um, do you press a button to have everything edited for you? It'll do it automatically. No, not quite. Uh, what is that. this called? Um, it's it's a new stream deck, and it basically it has like dials on it. So that if you wanted to, um, uh, like, turn up and down like your microphone or like the music volume and stuff like that, uh, you can. I think it's cool, but uh, it, it cuts out the bottom row of uh, you, you basically have less buttons at your disposal because you've got the the like. What, guys, do you, do you, you have know. the Stream Deck XL one, or do you have just the the regular fifteen button one? I uh, just have the regular fifteen button one, uh, like because okay. it's fifteen versus twenty, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, fifteen is is perfectly fine for me. I, I like I said, I'm not using the top row even, but yeah. Uh, also, but you, soon what you, you can do be. is um, what you can do, which, which is pretty cool. This is just not an ad for Stream Decks. It's just <laughs> we're just telling you facts, <laughs> listeners. If you're listening to this listener and you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Skip to five minutes. It hit, it's hitbox. And you'll hit you're the whole thing. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into the <laughs> show. But uh, what you can do on the stream deck, too, is kind of cool. Um, you can dedicate one button to be like the next page. So like page left or page right. And you can have multiple pages of like apps on there and, and like applications and, and sound effects and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it pretty is cool. pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, even though. You know, it's got 15 buttons on there. You can basically expand it to like 30 or even I think maybe 45. You can do three three screens of it. But um, Elgato, I know if you're listening, we we are open, open to some either swag, a sponsorship deal, 
something. Yeah, we are, you know, we like, are we'll, for we'll it. We'll take a look at our schedule and see if we can fit them in. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, I was speaking too soon. I, I didn't check the calendar, the uh, yeah, the shared yeah. calendar. Yeah, we are pretty busy actually. Um, but uh, um, just... and it's not like we use a majority of Elgato equipment. Like uh, <laughs> 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 these two microphones in view of our cameras, which we might be upgrading to Elgato cameras. I've got my Elgato microphone stand. Um, yeah, it's good. I like I like Elgato stuff. Um, it's, it's solid stuff. And I think it's, to be honest, like not to make this the show about the show, but I think that Elgato stuff, is really great for content creators who are starting out because their things are so easy to use and, um, like just really high quality. I get a lot of people talking to me about microphones and stuff. Um, cause I've got a lot of like music friends and I was talking about how I recorded a demo using this, like a music demo using this. And, um, they're asking like what microphone I used and like what sort of inputs I had and, and like what sort of like soundboard I was using. And I was like, this is literally a USB microphone that just plugs into my computer, like open audacity. And that's, that's it. Yeah. But, I mean, we live in a world that you don't have to get it overly complicated and it can be really easy to make it too complicated and buy too many little dongles to add to your stuff. But having something like Elgato, that is like a really like solid company to go off of and like mm -hmm. trust their products. You, yeah, you're going to have a good time buying their stuff. Um, and this they message, make it really easy. Oh, sorry, Ron. I was gonna say this message is not brought to you by Elgato. I swear. <laughs> but hey, it experience. could be. It, it, it could, could be. be. Like we're I'm open, open to, to it. it. Well, depending I'm on the calendar. the calendar. Yeah, calendar right. First. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. like, um, but they also, I think they make it really easy for like their stuff to talk to each other too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we we started simple, which is the microphones, and then now through the steam the stream deck in there, and like that works really well in conjunction with everything else. And you know, should we get more? stuff down the line like i think it'll be just fine with, with talking to each other this has been your insider podcasting uh lesson from hitbox it's hitbox thing i don't have and the elgato stream deck though is the intro and outro music i probably oh. I feel like i could but like we'd have to time it right because it comes in you know what i mean yeah i yeah i don't know if we need that i mean it's not super hard to do in in the edit it, it takes two seconds but. yeah yeah but but if there's a button that could do that all for you i'd press it you know what i mean i'd i'd be just pressing just mashing it every single I'd, day i'd eat that sandwich i eat that sandwich welcome back to hitbox uh, my name is Peter Hunt Spitek. This is episode number 120. That's a lot of episodes. Oh. I mean, I feel like every single time we hit a like a the next 10, you know, it's always like, whoa, but 120, yeah. that's that's not bad right there. That's a significant chunk of podcasts. A significant chunk of podcasts. We have 120 hours of audio. <laughs> and then at some, least <laughs> what's well, you know, it's a show, it's an hour and a half long show, and we always go over because like, there's just so much we just want we're just so it's, impassioned about video games. Yeah. And then for our deluxe Patreon producers, like it's an additional like 15 hours so far of of episodes, whatever. What I'm trying to say is my name is Peter Hunts-Bedeck. Joining me as always is the best sandwich boy, Justin Magovich. How are <laughs> you doing? Because you said sandwiches earlier. Sorry, you made it fast. Yeah. Like, no, you're, no, you're fine. You? I go from uh, the uh, the barf bag from last week to last uh, week. the sandwich boy this week. Pulling um, back the curtain, pulling back the podcast curtain. Today's the same day as when we recorded that last episode. Um, yeah, we're, Justin, not, we're not wearing the same clothes. 
by the time they're listening to this, you will have gone to and come back from Mexico. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what I did. Um, I yeah. drank a lot of banana mamas. What is banana mama? That sounds so good. It's like a, a rum drink with banana, and it, it mm. it's it's I, I like frozen, and they they they, they blend it up. I first started okay, so th- this is I first started with a pina colada, but those things got a little See, sweet I love the pina for me. Colada. They're not bad. They're not bad, but you have enough of them uh, that you got to try something new. So I was like, "What do you got with yeah. like you know like fruit in it, like a like a banana drink?" And they're like, "Oh, banana mama," and I was like, "I'll I'll do banana mama. I'll give a banana mama." So I've got a question for you as, as someone who doesn't drink, I love the pina colada cause it's like very flavorful and like without alcohol in it, it is still very oh, good. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is the banana mama similar to that or is that yeah, like it, mostly a, it's like a smoothie, like, like a banana, a slightly banana and strawberry flavored smoothie. Like really, really oh, that so delightful. it's really good. And pro tip is if you get one, like right before everything closes at night and you put it in like a Yeti, you wake up in the morning and you got a frozen Ooh, banana mama, you know, it's like 8 a.m. Whenever you roll out of bed, you already got your banana mama <laughs> right next to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, dang, I hope, I hope, um, future you is enjoying that or as you're listening to this right now past you enjoyed that i can't wait to see um my sunburn <laughs> yeah how tan you are um you'll be fine you'll be fine how is it cold in mexico at this time of year probably uh, not where you're gonna be right there's some like windy times depending on like the tide and stuff like that but generally it will be wonderfully warm and beautiful oh, um i will be i'll be able to swim um i'll be able to wear uh no coat um, though we did go like last time we were there, there was like one night when it was really breezy and like super mm-hmm. windy. And like, I was glad I brought a jacket cause Should I was had bring- that jacket. Yeah. Well, I brought it. Trust me. This oh, guy's good. always prepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, half of my luggage is always when I travel stuff I, I, I could use, but I won't, but I might sure. need it. So I always, bring sure. It. I'm always like when I travel, I'm like, well, what if I shit my pants? And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah well, what if I, I know I know I'm gone for three days, but I might need 15 pairs of underwear. I just don't know. Who knows how well, the day's going like, to go? Because I'm just like, well, what if I shit my pants? Like, OK, I'll get another one. And it's like, well, what if I shit my pants again? Like, what if or like, yeah, what what if I spilled a bunch happening. of soup if, on my pants? If, or, I, if I were to the point where I did that once, I would assume it would happen again. Like if it was that bad, like I could <laughs> yes, like yes. it would most likely happen again gross um let's move on we're gonna be talking about video games today as we always do uh but since this is uh kind of a weird one because we're we're putting two and two in the bank um we don't have any news to say i'm sure there was all sorts of mind-bending news this week maybe another beloved uh, uh video game tentpole mascot creator has been sent to prison, <laughs> not, oh, yeah, miyamoto. prison jail. not miyamoto please not miyamoto i'm hoping not right like he seems like a guy like he seems like a nice guy not that yuji naka doesn't but I, I never heard Yuji Naka speak before. I guess. And who that's do you think is fair. the better dad? Who do you think is the better dad? The dad who made Mario or the dad mm. who made Sonic? Which kid do you think is the better kid? It's mm, a tough question. I mean, I, I guess I'm like, like I'm thinking of like Sonic Adventure 2 kid mm-hmm. is like way cooler than Mar- whatever the hell Mario was up to at that point. <laughs> but like, but no, but cooler who he's it. become. Like as a what person, what it's become is like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, which which one do you think respects his elders and is like a polite, good person out in public? The guy, that's true. Mario the, is the, like the, the plumber who the does door. a really bad job but is kind and saves the princess, or Sonic, the guy who goes fast. Do you think they ever like? Do you think at any point they're going to just like retire Mario as being a plumber? 
I want to actually find out more about how he plums. Like, where, what plumbing school did he go to? Like, who no, was exactly, his? Like, who was his mentor? Yeah. And I like, know that when Luigi's the pipes are that big, mentors is Mario. Yeah. When the pipes are that big, are we talking about a very like physical plumbing job? Like, does he have to like get in them pipes? Which is like, to, to my understanding of pipes, it's not like those are not like you're not coming out the other end of a warp pipe like clean. You can't like be. that things. No. Yeah. Yeah. This what is getting what do you, what do you think the warp pipe smells like? Like like turtle turtle breath. Oh, I'm just I'm, <laughs> right, just, I'm like, in the I'm in the reptile house at the zoo and it's yeah, not, I'm exactly. not happy. Like, that's gotta be what it smells like in like one, World One Two, right? Like <laughs> like that, 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 just like. Oh, uh, okay let's so yeah so who knows there might be some crazy news that's going on um that we are not privy to at this point but we'll probably do some depending on what the news is like we'll, we'll talk about it um on next week's episode but for today we're gonna be taking a look at the game awards which when, I, when are they going up is that december 11 10th um uh sorry sorry it's a thursday so is that the 8th you think the game awards it should, uh, it should say. December 8th. December 8th. December Microsoft 8th. Theater, yeah, Los Angles. I can add the event to my calendar. Our busy calendar, Elgato. So. <laughs> yeah, so just to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards. We're going to take a look. We've done this every year. We're going to take a look at all of the categories and the nominees, and we're going to come up with a list of our... We're going to gamify this a little bit. Uh, taking a look at our personal picks for each category. And then the pick that we think is the one that is actually most likely to win. For example, um, with like the game of the year, like your personal pick could be, I don't know. Uh, Horizon. Pl- pl- fine. Fuck. I was going to say it, but then I wasn't because I didn't want that to be true. Well, Horizon I can't pick the medium West. this year. <laughs> I guess it's fair. Uh you know, your personal pick could be Horizon Forbidden West, but you're going to be like, well, this is a Jeff Keighley show and it's for the gamers. So Elden Ring is going to win. Right. Uh, so how does that break down? Is it a point for each? Yeah, we'll just do a point for no, no. Uh, the what we'll do is we'll like do it. Uh, that'll be the absolute tiebreaker is we'll go on our personal picks and like see who has the most um, because I don't want it to be like, well, I'm going to pick a different one for each one just to like, oh, I see, like, I see do it. So it's an overall tie breaking thing that we'll use for it based on our own gotcha. personal preferences. Gotcha. And then the esports, uh, that it's just a lightning round because we are not esports people. No, <laughs> uh, couldn't tell you anything about these. So, uh, what do you think? Justin, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's let's do this. Okay. So, also, if you're listening and are up to not much, you can go ahead on over to thegameawards.com and click on the nominees uh, tab at the very top. And then, um, hold on, let me let me do this with you so I'm walking you through it properly. So nominees tab, uh, and then go ahead and click on view all categories. Go all the way down to the bottom, click on best esports event, and that's where we're starting, and you'll be able to tab through them at the top by clicking previous category. Um, so go ahead and vote with us and get your predictions, and, and we want to hear about it. Oh, I meant to say this earlier. The Discord. Hop into the Discord. Uh, by this point, uh, Twitter is most certainly going to be completely burned and gone. So uh, keep up with us there. Links to that's in the description of this episode. Also, uh, our deluxe podcast producers, Jane Nolan, Dave Parker, coming out here, supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. Could be you. $3 a month gets you additional bonus episodes every single week, as well as getting your name read in the show. If you can't support us there, all good. Like I said, Discord. Uh, if Twitter is still even a thing, uh, or if it's just you know burning, smoldering ashes, 
Uh, follow us at Hitbox Pod. You know what you know what to do. Uh, did I miss it all? Did I get it all? That's all great. The... Uh, yeah, you you hit all the rigmaroles, the uh, all the uh, the spot. Well, uh, and we're still not sponsored by Elgato. Just want to make that clear. Correct. Uh, or Dots Pretzels. I or, yeah. Hit them we, up that, I mean they... that one. That one. Still hope. There's still time, right? Uh, maybe. I, <laughs> like. We'll see. I guess. Like. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, like, I did that all, like, just off the dome. Didn't I don't have the show docs in front of me or nothing, because we don't even have one for this episode. What I'm trying to say is, let's get into it. Best eSport event. Recognizing an event across single or multiple days that delivered a best-of-class experience for participants and the broadcast audience. First up, we have EVO 2022, the 2022 League of Legends World Championship, the PGL Major Antwerp, 2022, the 2022 Mid-Season Invitational, and the Valorant Champions 2022. Justin, which one do you think is going to win? My Re- vote is for Evo. Uh, I'm going to say Evo, too. Return to form. Evo is back uh, we, better than ever. Um, people love that Evo. I, I, uh, I, out of all of these, the only one I would personally watch, I said would because I didn't, uh, would be Evo if I had a choice. Um, so because yeah, of that, Evo it is. I'm sure the the Valorant stuff is is cool, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Evo is Evo is my personal pick. Uh, this is the lightning round, by the way. We'll be taking longer for talking about yeah, because I have the ones we know about. context here. So, best esports coach, the esports coach judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2022. We got Andre Blade uh, Hordensky. <laughs> we have uh, Matthias Bazuka. Bazuka. Um, Terrasconi, we've got Eric Doombros Sandgren, we've got Robert Raban Dahlstrom, and we've got Go Score uh, Dong Ben. Who are you picking for okay. this? So the first thing that stands out to me here, I usually go based on uh, poses in the picture. Um, have you yeah. ever gotten into an Uber that someone like when their when their photo on the Uber is like a little too professional for like an Uber yep. driver? You know, uh-huh. like they're getting a suit and it's like a full headshot. Um, I don't trust those Uber drivers, so I don't trust you. Go score Dongbin. I'm not going to vote for you because I can't trust you because I I don't know why you're not at an actual event. Shouldn't you be at an event if you're yeah, in, in, in these best pictures? Coach? Yeah. But like, maybe he's that good that he doesn't even need to do it. Yeah. I see that but the thing. Like, I, I, I want the, I want the man in the field. And right now, the only person here who is in the field and doing a pose, I would also do is Eric Doombros Sangrin. You got my vote. Uh, I'm going for Mr. Andre Blade Horendensky because I don't have any context or knowledge of any of these. Are people. you just going to go for the first one for all of these? Is that going to be the, the way we go? Oh, is that what I did last time? Oh, I yeah. guess I did. Um, well, I guess only time will tell. Only time will tell. Up next, best esport team recognizing a specific esports team, not the full organization, judged the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2022. We've got Dark Zero Esports. Phase Clan, Gen G, LA Thieves, and Loud. Mm, mm. Let me tell you who it's not. It's not gonna be Phase Clan. I don't know what? these people. Uh, I don't know the specific like the specific people in Phase Clan, but I've seen just tangentially that there's been a decent amount of drama with the Phasers um, over the past few years. Not entirely sure what the hell that's all about, um, but I'm just gonna play it safe. Okay. Okay. And. and and not. I'm going to go with the L.A. Thieves because okay. I, I've seen their name in the Overwatch League. Um, but this is for the call. This is the Call of Duty team specifically. But 
Okay, I'm going to go for, so I'm going against, still based on the pictures here, uh, the Dark Zero, there's only three of them. There needs to be more, sure. in my opinion, for sure. you to be a team. You're a trio, not a team. Uh, mm -hmm. Then the Phase Clan, I get the drama part of it that you're talking about, but they look like they're too posed in that picture. They don't look happy. Agreed. Like, you know Agreed. what I mean? Um, the Gen G, uh, they, they just, they are throwing up some different, like fingers like Hand i don't understand yeah. like it looks like some are doing one some are doing three some are doing two i don't understand that i'm confused i'm not voting for you la thieves it looks like there's really one person in there that they're all like cheering in the middle like so it's not a team if you have like that one star player okay you know justin justin you know this you're a speech coach how do you build a team you, you build a camaraderie team and a good attitude you and got you've got the people on your team lifting each other up that to me that's what it's all about, baby. But see, that's why I'm going with loud because together they're they're happy. They're in, they're all in sync with their love, and they don't just focus on that one player. Loud, the Valorant team, you're my pick, and I hope you win because you're the only one up there that looks like a true team. I respect it. Thank you. Uh, next, we've got eSport, best eSport athlete. The eSports athlete judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2022, irrespective of game. We got uh, Jong Chavi Jihoon. We've got Lee Faker Sang Hyuk. We've got Finn Kerrigan Anderson. We've got um, Oleksandr Simple Kotsliev. And we've got Jacob Ye Whitaker. Or, yeah, Whitaker. All right. Um, I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, I, I'm going to say. Based on pictures alone here, um, I, I it's I want to look for the picture here. There's something different about one of these people, and the the reason that I'm going to choose them is because they're the only ones showing their teeth, and that is Jacob Yay Whitaker. Thank you for showing your teeth and your smile. Always show your teeth with a smile. Smile with your face and your heart. I'm going Lee Faker saying yuck. He's doing the thumbs up, but just like cold ass face, no smile, no nothing, well, just. Just, I mean, that's how, that's a baller right there. And you look at his you hand know I mean? too. That is like a strong looking hand. Like the, it the, is. like the muscles in there. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. They're they got ripped hands. I know. I'm just telling you, like that. I mean, that's a probably a good vote. But I kind of find it hard that someone with the name Faker is going to have good conduct in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a fair point. That's a very very fair point. Uh, and I think this is the last category here for this uh, is best esports game for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, inclusive of tournaments, community support, and, and content updates, for, irrespective of genre or platform. We've got uh, CS:GO, we've got Dota 2, League of Legends, Rocket League, and Valorant. Um, I guess I, I guess I'm gonna go Rocket League. All right, I'm going to do some quick research here. Um, back, oh, uh, uh, yeah, back, let's see, last year, um, it looks like, let me pull. It's been a Call I, of Duty one, or if, was it? I mean, let me just see. Esports speed round. Um, the winner was League, and oh. I am also going to say League is going to be the winner um, of this year. I think that's actually probably a very good pick. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That it was our. That was the speed round for esports. Um, I guess we're gonna see how that all shakes out once the game awards are here. But uh, <laughs> most anticipated game here. We can talk about this a little bit more. Recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. We have Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. So what do you think? Most anticipated, 
Um, yep. This this one, I'm going to say, um, overall, we have a release date on it, finally. A lot of these games, you can say that. I think there won't be a lot of controversy with this game in any way. And I think uh, this is a game that the more we see about it, the more it'll get hyped. It is going to be both my personal and predicted pick. Tears or tears. Is it, would we ever come up with the answer to that? I think the answer is tears. Tears of the kingdom. You know, I, that is my pick for what I think is going to win. I think my personal pick at this point, with everything we've seen from it, surprisingly enough, is Resident Evil 4. I've, I talked about how I was skeptical of it, but from the trailers, it looks like it is being pretty true to form uh, for, for a remake of that game. And I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil, Resident Evil 6. Yeah. <laughs> finished that Leon campaign yeah. last night. Um, and I'm just, I'm in the mood for more, so I can't wait. Yeah, I, I think I think all these games I'm actually interested in, um, and, and not to just at you personally here. Out of all of them, the one I am not ex- like the least of all the ones that I'm excited for here is Resident Evil Four because of the the baggage that Resident Evil Four has with me. I know it's a known quantity. Yeah, I know yeah. they're going to do some things better for it, but I'm already going into that game kind of expecting things about it when all of these other games i really have not much to accept about except for tears of the fallen kingdom and with it being a sequel to breath of the wild i think it's gonna have to do a lot to make me disappointed about it you know like i think it bones the same it'll be a good game for me i think that's fair i i think that's that's certainly fair enough um yeah, because I mean, Final Fantasy 16, yeah, I guess I'm excited for that, but I will play that and it'll be a Final Fantasy game, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Hog- Hogwarts Legacy, uh, no thanks for me. Um, and Starfield, like, I am excited for it, but like, we still, like, we're still pretty close to that release date and haven't seen a whole lot. We've seen the one gameplay trailer and that did not, like, instill a lot of confidence in me, but yeah, that one's a big, a big question mark. Um, next category here best adaptation. This is the newest category for the Game Awards. Ooh. Recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically captures a video game to another me- entertainment medium. We've got um, Arcane, League of Legends. That's the uh, the League of Legends show from Netflix. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Got the Cuphead show. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And the Uncharted movie. Uh, what do you think? Um, my vote for this is going to be... Um, like to be honest, like looking at this, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> so you haven't seen any of this? I have not watched any of these. I have not watched Sonic One or Sonic Two. I've not seen the Uncharted movie. Have not. Uh, I I kind of watched Edge Runners a little bit the first episode. Yeah. Um. Uh. The Cuphead show I have not watched, and League of Legends I have definitely not watched. So with that, looking at these, out of all of them here, putting them uh, out here, the one that I would most likely go for. Um, would be or like interested to see more about would be the Cuphead show. So my personal pick will be the Cuphead show um, because I think like when I'm playing Cuphead, I've been playing that a little bit in the background uh, recently when I have a few minutes to kill on my Switch. Um, I think that game is perfectly suited for uh, animation and I think it would kind of hit with that old school um, mm-hmm. uh, a- animation style of the cartoons uh, I had when I was growing up, um, even before that. So I would say Cuphead is my personal pick and my predicted pick is going to be uh, the uh, Sonic movie because I think that has mass appeal and I think it's actually pretty good from what I hear. Um, Like, it is a fun time. I, w- I don't think it's like a great... You know what I mean? Like... like yeah. Yeah. Uh, my personal pick is Uncharted. Uh, while I think 
<laughs> there is rightly like it's not it's also a fun time but i don't know if it's a great movie yeah. you know what i mean um and i think it's my controversial opinion is i think it's better than all those games because it's uh shorter <laughs> um but i think that speaks more to how i feel about those games yeah than, yeah uh than the movie itself but like i don't i don't dislike those games it's just you know what i'm trying to say yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah and then i think i think what the actual thing is gonna be is cyberpunk with a bullet okay um it's either gonna be cyberpunk or arcane um i think the people voting for this are gonna be cyberpunk people and i think that makes sense too uh considering how popular cyberpunk has been uh as of late um i think it's like the perfect storm of when that came out to people like like really getting into cyberpunk again um so i think that has enough of that mainstream appeal that i could definitely see that being the winner yep 100 next up we've got best debut indie for the best debut game created by a new independent studio so we have oh, neon sh- white what's that I was gonna, this category is rough <laughs> yeah we got neon white we've got narco we've got stray tunic and vampire survivors like that's this is oh i don't i couldn't even like oh boy this is gonna be rough um <laughs> what do you say as i think you've played more of these than i so i played all these except for narco i've actually okay. never heard of this um i think for me my personal picks pick is neon white uh that game is fucking stellar and I don't think nearly enough people played it. Um, and then I think the winner is is very clearly going to be Vampire Survivors. Okay. Um, I I am going to... Um, I do think that, that that has some mass appeal, Vampire Survivors, obviously. But I'm going to do... I'm going to... I'm going to go with the, the double whammy. My personal pick here is going to be Stray. And I'm going to say the um, uh, winner is going to be Stray as well for for the people and i think part of the reason i would say my my thought would be uh in my head i was going between stray and neon white because i think neon white was a game that did pretty critically well um i just don't hear enough people talking about it the same way it didn't Um, have the staying power i think yeah yeah um for whatever reason i don't know why i don't know why um but i think I, i i think that people will pick stray um because i think i don't like that game to me doesn't feel indie to me. Um, it feels like a pretty polished experience. Um, it mm-hmm. feels like a pretty mainstream experience. And I think that's pretty amazing to have from in uh, a, a debut indie studio. Um, and the only one that also kind of hits that as well would be neon white. But I think stray probably has a little bit more mass popularity than neon white. Yeah, uh, I think Vampire Survivors though it shouldn't be counted out because like I agree. that game that game I think is essentially what most people are saying like hey if you have a Steam Deck like you should be playing Vampire Survivors on the go. Uh, but now it's on consoles. It just it got its 1.0 launch and it's on Game Pass. So yeah. give well, it a shot. And, and again, to me with, with that like in my again in my brain logic that feels like it is an indie game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it like yeah it, no one hundred percent. So I, if in my logic of it, I think. I do agree that I think those th- like three games, Stray, Neon White, and Vampire Survivors, are going to be generally the ones that will do it. Watch it be like Tunic or some shit like that. But here's the thing about Tunic, though. Like, I feel bad not including it in this conversation because it just didn't really click with me or you. But I do know that the people who liked it really liked it. Yeah. But I yeah, just yeah. don't think it has the popularity to exactly. win a vote it doesn't, like this. It doesn't have that mainstream like appeal to it. And as I was playing, I was like, there's so many better games than this for me that are closer yeah. to this. Like, remember Baldo? What a game. 
Uh, you liked Baldo better than no, Tunic? No, I'm kidding. I just thought, okay. remember, I thought, <laughs> I remember I like, thought oh, Baldo no. was Tunic. That's why I bought it. <laughs> yes, yes. So, oops. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Content creator of the year for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2022. We got Carl Jacobs, Ludwig, Nibelian, No Brew, and QT Cinderella. Uh, for me, the easy vote is Nibelian. Um, pour one out. Here, let me pour my water bottle out. Uh, uh, <laughs> you want to get that safety I, deposit back? <laughs> I got I got closer than you'd think. <laughs> um, poor one out for Nibelian, man. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. None of these. Uh, the only, He's the only creator on here who really does anything for me. Uh, I, I think if I had to, I, I think he'll probably win based on the people who are voting. Um, Ludwig is, I think, a much more popular Internet personality. So he would he's probably my number two in terms of like who I think would win. Um, but I, I simply, unfortunately, Ludwig, I don't really like your personality. The, the, I don't like the gaming personality you do. It's just not my thing. Um, Shouldn't uh, Mr. Beast be on here? Is he a gaming? He has a whole gaming channel. Um, and like, okay. Like, uh, whatever, like, I think one of the cool, like, Mr. Beast is, like, such a visionary with content creation. I know he's not part of this category, so why am I talking about Mr. Beast right now? I think he really is a revolutionary for content creation and what and what it is to, I think he just recently got to be the most subscribed YouTube channel. YouTube channel, yeah. Um, but, like, what he just does is really visionary and I think is going to really impact content creation for years to come with what he does. Um, I know he's not on here. Um, I don't... I think he... Go on. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I think he... Um really has a good understanding of what makes people want to click on a video. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's like really, really good at, at figuring out like, well, yeah, I guess I do want to see that. Like, I, like I just like that. He spends $10,000 per thumbnail. I saw an interview when he was talking he about really? that well, on and what on the, like, so if they're doing a video, it'll be multiple different, like the ones for the different stations with different languages, but picking the right photos, picking the right colors, picking mm, the right images mm. for it. Like if I got paid $10,000 to do these thumbnails, dude, they'd be awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I yep. just like thinking about that. So if you can like find the best artists and pay them money like that, you're going to get the best thumbnails because it's so important to have good thumbnail to get a click. So anyway, I know he's not here. The only other person I know anything about, um, because we covered it on our show is Nebelian. So I'm going to do that as both my personal pick and my predicted pick though i find it kind of hard to say he's going to be the winner just because he ended up leaving content creation because no one supported him which i think is the or them uh which is i think the the sad reality of this which is kind of like well it's not that they didn't support them it's that they didn't get monetary monetary support right well and because because correct, the content right, creation right. was different right like these people are all streamers except for nibelian nibelian yeah. was it was not nibelian was a new like a news aggregator right yeah uh, and a reviews aggregator um which i think is it's a different beast yeah right? yeah um a different mr beast uh, i also think, beast, i yeah. also am gonna guess that it's the predicted pick too because maybe people will be like maybe he'll show they'll show their face for once which i doubt would happen but what yeah. if can you imagine I can. Well, they, they'll it probably is, be there, right? Maybe. To, to receive the reward? Maybe. Or maybe it Do will just... Do you think they wear this... What's that? Maybe it'll just be Mr. Beast. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Next up, best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. 
Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna do a, a one and one the same with this one uh, because I think multiverses uh, is the one that both out of all of these the one I clicked with the most. But I think yeah. it's still like mainstream popular enough, and I know it's not quite talked about as much. But the more I hear about like you know the the battle pass support and the characters that are getting uh, released, people just have good things to say about it who are still in that that uh, ecosystem. Um, and even though I've fallen off, and I and I think it's not like the front and center of many people's. Uh, I think it was a time this year when that game was everywhere, and it was talked about with everyone i mean we did a, a let's play on it we did like you know like not yeah. that we're the end all be all here but i i think to me that out of all of these this is the most uniquely popular one of the year um and i think it's also going to have implications about um the uh free-to-play fighting games from here on out i think you are right about that but i think Oh, gosh. For my personal pick, I guess it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had a fun time with that. I played that whole thing on my own. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and then I guess I, I think my... Uh, I think people I'm gonna are... Say, I'm going to say Splatoon 3 is what's going to win. Yeah. Uh, and, and TMNT is going to be my uh, personal pick. Um, um, Splatoon 3 yeah, just that? sold like 3 million in Japan. I think that number came out, which yeah. is massive. Um, at this point, so I can see yeah. that. I'll say it's not Overwatch Two. I think that game has was just not enough. It just it wasn't enough. I just don't think it was enough, and I don't think it released in a state that was acceptable for how little was actually added. Um, and I think Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, that is that's good Call of Duty multiplayer, but like I, I don't think there's really anything there that makes it stand out from previous iterations. Yeah, so. I think a lot of the discourse around Modern Warfare Two was disappointment. Um, yeah, with a lot of people. Uh, same so, with Overwatch 2. Same with Overwatch 2. So, I mean, I could definitely see just based on it being Call of Duty at winning. Um, right. But I, I wouldn't bet money on that. Agreed. Uh, next up, best sports and racing game. For the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game, we got F1 22, FIFA 23, NBA 2K 23, Gran Turismo 7, Ali Ali World um i'm surprised like you've just got a lot of the same shit on here i'm surprised if it's for like non-traditional sports and racing games like whew, put uh put roller drum in here i didn't like oh, it oh yeah but, yeah you know um i don't know i didn't play any of these ollie ollie <laughs> world is my pick yeah I, and I mean, my pick and that's my pick to win as well yeah i'm gonna well, it's gonna be a straight up sweep for ollie ollie world here because i think like looking at all of these just the one that's gonna like stick out i think to the most people being like oh that's one on here uh it'll be ollie ollie world people would pick um i know if i had to choose one of these games to play it would 100 percent be ollie ollie world um yeah so with that being uh my reason for it uh, i would assume um maybe the mass appeal would lean towards that of people who are voting for this or Gran Turismo 7. I think that one was pretty mm. popular too, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't in good conscience support that. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Well, like, like I, I don't, like, like even if people say it's the, the best game, I just, I don't, those games aren't fun for me, so. I see what you're saying, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, best sim slash strategy, best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Dune, Spice Wars, Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, Victoria 3. Uh, I think, I've not played any of these, uh, I think the winner is probably going to be Sparks of Hope, because not only is that game, like, does that game get the Mario 
kind of bump to it, but I think that um, it, it was actually like a good one, and it was a good follow up to a game that was like surprisingly good. But I'm gonna say that's my personal pick as well, just because it's probably the one I would play out of always. Yeah, I think so too. I couldn't even tell you what Victoria Three is about. Um, nope. I, I think. There might be an argument for Warhammer 3, but I think overall just being Mario, being the fact that it was a good game, it's not just, I don't want to just like disrespect and be like, oh, it's a Mario game. I think people really like that game. Yeah. Um, interviewed pretty well. Uh, and uh, I think I think it just makes sense. So both my personal pick and predicted pick, Mario. Agreed. W- would you be annoyed if I from now on just called him Mario? I would. I'm glad you, okay. I'm glad you said that. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, and I then, would be. And then I, uh, what if I just said McDonald's as well? Do people say that? Is that a thing people say? Yeah, they say that. McDonald's. Uh, I, I'd be like, that's not what it's called, but... Yeah, Myers. Fine. Myers. The Jewels. The Jewels. That's what my grandma says. The Jewels. Mm-hmm. Best yeah. family game, a.k.a. best Switch game. Um, Speaking of your grandma. <laughs> uh, for the best... You no, know, my grandma would think all these are the devil. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She was one of those people who was like very like against Harry Potter because it was about witches and wi- like magic. Oh, I was gonna be like, well, turns out she was right because J.K. Rowling. <laughs> oh, she was like super ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's she's old and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, best family game for the best game appropriate for a family play, irrespective of genre or platformer. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, Mario and Rabbids: uh, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon Three. Um, is Splatoon 3 split-screen co-op? No. No, good luck finding a lobby to get with your partner. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, like that's such a weird thing to put in here because, like, yes, it is colorful enough to be a family. Like, it's, it's like, family-friendly, but, like, uh, to me, a family game is a game you could play with your family. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go with my personal pick and my um, actual pick, uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah, uh, and so Kirby and the Forgotten Land, you said? Yeah, for both. And, and I and think Lego Star Wars, there's probably an argument to be made for it, but I think that, um, yeah, I, I just prefer a Kirby. Uh, you can do local, but both people need their own Switch and their own copy of the game to do it locally. Um, oh, so that doesn't, doesn't count. Literally doesn't count. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to say for this one, if I'm going to look at these and, and say um, which one I played the most with family, uh, which is not that much. Uh, and which one is, I think, going to have kind of mass appeal for playing with multiple people uh, would be Lego Star Wars. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to double up on Lego Star Wars just because I think um, those games always are kind of like good to play with someone else. And I think this is a really good Lego game. And oh, agreed to me. It really like bridged the the thing from it just being like a, a fun parody to like an actual fun game to play. I really did enjoy a lot of the puzzles with it. I enjoyed the gameplay of it. Um, did it run great? No, but one of my favorite memories this year was when I was playing it with um, uh, Claire, and uh, I was just like, I was doing the objectives, and like she was just like literally shooting everything she could, and <laughs> I'm like, just like I'm trying to get to an objective, and I turn around and I just see this flood of people just running at me, f- screaming for their lives, and then just her running with her gun, just shooting like literally like after them, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I think that was like a, a really fun moment for me personally. But I, I do think you get those moments when you're playing with your kids. And I think Star Wars is a property that's awesome. So uh, agreed. Uh, can you play? Is Mario Sparks of Hope multiplayer? Must be. I, I don't know. Y- well, I mean, Splatoon. The answer for this. Uh, the answer for this is definitely not Switch Sports. I will say that. <laughs> and the winner <laughs> is Switch Sports. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, 
Best. Can I also say real quick? It's a shame that like so many of these games just get relegated to like only like like that. This is just like the only Nintendo category. You know what I mean? Like I guess Star Wars isn't, but like I don't think Kirby got nominated for anything else, and I think it's because I don't know. I, I guess I'm just trying to say like I think some of these deserve a little bit more respect than they get in these shows. But best fighting game for the best game design primarily around head to head combat. DNF Duel. Makes sense. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All-Star Battle R. King of Fighters 15. Makes sense. Multiverses. Makes sense. Sifu. What? <laughs> so, like, it's weird because, like... <laughs> yeah, there is fighting in it. <laughs> like, it's a game about fighting. It's not a fighting game, y'all. No, not at all. <laughs> no, uh, like, like, it's not a fighting. It would be like, it would be like calling, um, Portal Two a first-person shooter. Right, right. Like, yeah, like yes, you are shooting portals in it, and it is in first-person. But a first-person shooter is specifically about shooting guns. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and with that in mind too, like, wouldn't Elden Ring be a fighting game? <laughs> It's right. like, 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 you know, any learning, of these, yeah, any of these action God games. of War, like, yeah. Yeah, right, there's fighting, and, and I think the, in the description, based primarily around head-to-head combat, head-to-head combat, I think, to me, means two people, like you versus me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Sifu being in here is laughable. It, it, to me, seems like one of those things where it's like, it felt like someone wanted this game to be included somewhere on this, you know, in these categories, and like couldn't figure out where to put it, and so they were like, "Well, we'll just put it in fighting game because yeah. it's about fighting." Yeah. Um, although PvP for Sifu would be fucking insane, you know, having people master that, but it's just that's that's uh, not in the game. <laughs> that's I mean not- that would be, that would change the gameplay up so much because you'd have to learn your like I think that learning the fighting style of another character would be really unique. I mean. Like, can you think of it? I, if you could play all the bosses and those yeah, were the, really your cool. selectors, that could be really, really cool. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, I'm going to say the... My, <laughs> I guess I'm going to say I'm going to double up on multiverses here. I don't think this is, to my understanding, a very strong lineup here. The only other game I've even really heard of is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R, but... I mean, for the same reason as best multiplayer for me, I think Multiverses was the biggest talk, and I think it's still one of the better supported games. Um, and uh, yeah, I I mean, I I think my favorite game on here is Sifu, but I can't in agree. Good conscience, I, I, like I can't yeah vote for it because it's first of all not going to win. Second of all, because it's just not the right category for it. Yeah, it's not a it's not a fighting game. Uh, make that argument, Jeff. Can't wait for you to to show this during a commercial break and then <laughs> never talk about it again. Like, I think he just wanted it to be, I, I assume he's not involved in this at all, but it, you always get the feeling that it's just, it's, this is a show for him to kind of prop up his friends, which, hey, that's fine. But also like, I think maybe they should be more explicitly clear about that. Why? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, best role playing game for the best game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. So we got Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Triangle Strategy and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, Pokemon Legends Arceus is, is not a role-playing game in any in any form. I think there's the argument to be made that mainline Pokemon games could be seen as role-playing games, but 
I would not say that Pokemon Legends Arceus is role playing really at all. I, I mean, I could make that argument because you're still like leveling up characters. You're choosing their move sets. You're putting them against each other, you're getting the right kind of team against them. Um, I know the game isn't necessarily focused on combat like the same way yeah. other ones are, but there's still basically combat and there's some actually really tough combat battles to do in that game. Um, like the end game boss to beat, uh, Ar- to get RCS to RCS. Um, I think it's kind I of, guess tough- that's, I guess that's, that's my problem, right? Like, yes, that's in there, but like to me, it never feels like it's at the forefront of what that game's about. You know what I yeah. mean? No, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you with it, not fitting on this list. Like I still think it's an RPG though. Sure. I, I guess if I had to put it somewhere, I guess, yeah, but yeah. Um, best open world. My, <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> my, my pick here is Xenoblade Chronicles three. And I think that it, I, I feel like Elden Ring is slated to win pretty much every category it's in because it's very popular and it's a, it's a well-made game. Um, but I don't know if it like, I guess it's an RPG and cause there is like character customization and yeah, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm not trying to gatekeep what this means. I'm going to just go Xenoblade Chronicles three, both in my personal vote and in my, um, and in my, my predicted vote. I'm I'm going to go with Elden Ring for this one for the predicted pick of what I think is going to win just because I think it is I think those Souls games are RPGs like you're built yeah. you're making builds you're putting stats in and like in order to progress in that game you have to level up the, I mean there's significant sections of that game that at least me as a baby gamer have to grind in order to advance and like get my character stronger uh, to pick the right weapons and think about what to do Um, and I think this one feels more open than a lot of their dark souls games more customization options than other dark souls games totally fair. more weapons totally fair. um so i think it's not only uh, a good role-playing game it's the best souls rpg version that you can get um so i'm gonna say predicted pick of the winner is elden ring um but you fucking think i'm gonna th- make elden ring my personal pick for any category for this game are <laughs> you know, kidding know, me it's definitely xenoblade chronicles 3 that game that game was special to me um i loved it i think there's so many good things about it i think there's a few like flaws with it but most rpgs have sure. those like boring swim around this area to uh, extend your playtime kind of like moments to it but uh th- there's not a game out there this year that i think had a, a grand and epic story the way this one did consistently throughout the whole thing. I loved every little character beat. I loved the characters you meet. I, I even the boring characters of your party had some fun moments to them. Um, so I like this game a lot. Xenoblade Chronicles hey, I got a question for you. Pick. Yeah. Is Elden Ring a JRPG? I would say it leans more towards a Western RPG. But I guess my question is like, sure. It, Cause it's inspired by Western fantasy, right? But like, is written by George R. R. Martin, but like, is is it a JRPG because it comes out of Japan? Probably, not, probably not because it's like I, yeah, I, I think I, JRPG I, is at this point a genre, right? Not just say uh, where it I, comes yeah, from. I, th- I think that's a valid question to to go with. Um, I think Western RPGs have more of uh, an action focus to them, ultimately, mm-hmm. um, and a lot more of that like open world collectathon type of thing to them yeah um i think xenoblade chronicles 3 uh is still inherently more of a jrpg um than uh, a western rpg but it is kind of like teetering on that line because you have the auto attacks that make it the action but you're still like 
doing chain combos and links and all this other stuff to try to like go about that. And I really do think the idea of a JRPG is really closely, slowly starting to to blur that line between Western RPGs and JRPGs because yeah. like thinking like even Final Fantasy VII uh, remake that is starting to get closer to what a Western uh, RPG is. And I think you still have those yeah. traditional menu based jrpgs that i think about when i think of that but the trend uh, has really started to become more of making them action focused and movement focused and position focused rather than it being like you lining up and just doing your moves which i think is interesting too when you look at like um like final fantasy 15 like that was like for sure a very western inspired jrpg um and so I'll be interested to see like what happens with Final Fantasy 16 and like where what that combat system is like, especially compared to like the Final Fantasy 7 remake stuff. But yeah, uh, best action adventure for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. See, like, oh, oh sorry. OK, and then here are the nominees. A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray and Tunic. Justin, what is your pick for this category? God of War. I mean, to me, if you're saying those things, I would say everything you do in that game is like to a T action adventure um, with the the puzzles that you have in there, the the combat that you have in there, the traversal of how you go to that. It is literally kind of that action adventure RPG that I would traditionally think of when I'm playing uh, a game. Um, I think Horizon Forbidden West, I think also kind of hits that a little bit. Um, but if I'm comparing the two of those, cause I think those are my top two, um, mm-hmm. if I'm comparing those two based off each other, I think God of War is a better game to begin with, but I think the kind of like focus is so much more streamlined with everything in God of War Ragnarok, um, with the action adventure elements to it. Um, and it just feels much more traditionally fighting in these arenas and then exploring around that fighting in arenas, exploring around it rather than just being like big open world, fight anything anywhere. Right. And I think also like based on these parameters, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, that's got a war Ragnarok. It's not yeah. stray because that game doesn't have combat. Uh, I guess tunic. It certainly is. Uh, I would say horizon for Britain West doesn't have the puzzle solving. It has, you know like, what I mean? it has like, moments of puzzle solving, but you can theoretically get through that game without really doing much of any puzzle solving. Right, whereas God of War Ragnarok, when you're not you, you fucking directly got in the combat, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's it's like time to do these fucking uh, freezing puzzles and whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, and I just I didn't play Plague Tale, so I can't really speak to it. But so, um, so uh, my yeah, what's up? Uh, Plague Tale has some really cool moments with it. I think a lot of mm. the puzzle solving has to do with like the combat arenas that you're in about how to get through it in the best way. But they do have sure. a lot of like traverse these hordes of rats by moving this fire thing around and getting from this point to this point. Mm-hmm. I think like there's definitely moments of that that are really strong with the puzzle solving. Uh, but I think the weak part of that game is the combat. Whenever I'm forced to fight in that game, um, sure. instead of like stealthily picking people off, it is not fun and it does not feel good to me to play that. Um, whereas Horizon, that fucking combat, I-, I think is really fun. And then once you really start to like customize weapons and really know what you're doing, which they don't teach you very well, once you really yeah. find out what to do with it, it's fun. And then God of War, I think is just in your face, easiest to have fun with out of all this stuff in terms of combat puzzle solving traversal got a war for both got a war is my pick for both as well for all the reasons above uh best action game for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat we got bayonetta 3 call of duty modern warfare neon white sifu and teenage mutant ninja turtles shredders revenge 
Um, but I know we do this. Neon, what's that? Before we do that, I know we do this every year. What the fuck is the difference between action and action adventure? So it's like the idea of like action is just focused on combat. Adventure is focused on combat and exploration. And then an adventure game would be just exploration. So like, at least like for me, I don't think Stray should be on a, in an action adventure category. It should be in the adventure. That'd be an adventure game. Okay, got it. Right. Is there an adventure uh, category, got, though? No, I don't think so. Uh, okay, that makes sense then. Got it. Uh, so, like, it's got to be in there, right? Uh, yeah. Whereas, like, I wouldn't say that Bayonetta 3 is an action-adventure game. That's just straight up an action game. Yeah. Or Neon White is not an action-adventure game because there's, like, not really an adventure part of that. It's just the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my personal pick is for Neon White, but I think the game that is going to actually win is Bayonetta 3. Because um, even though people didn't really vibe with the story as it seemed, uh, it seemed like uh, most people can unequivocally say that it's the best platinum game in terms of the feel and stuff. Uh, for me, I think uh, the best action game is Sifu. Uh, I think that to me, that's like uh, yeah. one, of, one of the m- more fun combat games that I think it can be frustrating. And sometimes it's like, what am I doing wrong? But you realize that as you're playing it, you're actually like really slowly mastering the systems and getting better at it. Uh, like remember the uh, the second boss like the first time you get there, you're like, "The fuck do I do with this?" Like that's the pole which guy, one was that? The pole guy in the fire w- realm. Oh gosh, yes. And now, like going back at it, it it is like, "Oh no, I got this! Like I can beat this." It is that game is so hard and frustrating. And then you do it and you do it and you do it, and you're like, "Why am I doing? I'm wasting my time. This sucks." And then something clicks. Yeah, just and all of a go, sudden oh. you get that moment, and, yeah. and you feel like a badass as you're going through it. Um. But I think in terms of uh, mainstream kind of appeal uh, with a category, I think Bayonetta just has that name recognition about knowing it's about the combat because I think Bayonetta has nothing else but its combat, in my opinion, because I think I don't like the combat personally. I know a lot of people sure. do like it. I think the story's nonsensical. I think the characters are weird. I think all of this stuff is weird to me. I'm not a fan of that game. But I think the one thing people say is like, oh, but the story's not important. The combat's great. And because of that, I think enough people will say that to to make Bayonetta the winner. So I am ag- yeah, I in agreement with you there. Best VR slash AR for the best game experience playable in the virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. We've got After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. Hey, shout out Moss Book 2. Getting that <laughs> nomination. Yeah. Um... I've not played any of these. I'm going to say that for me personally, I probably would enjoy Among Us VR the most because I think that is a way to completely turn this game on its head is to put it in VR like that is a completely separate experience, but it is just as interesting uh, than than that base version. Uh, And I'm going to say that that's probably what's going to win as well. Um, I'm going to say Moss Book 2. Um, I think it's very unfortunate for this game that it was on PSVR um, at a time when people kept talking about PSVR 2. And a lot of people are like, well, it's coming out later this year. Let me wait to play this and finish it. But in terms of like what that game is in terms of puzzles, like shit, I would almost make that an action adventure game like that could easily fit in that category. And it would be it would fit right in with a lot of those other games for being a great action adventure game. The puzzle solving, the combat itself, it gets really unique at a certain point. The bosses in it are really fun. I can't speak highly enough of that game. And I think it is the kind of VR game that if there were more games like that that came out consistently, VR would be something I would be like, get this. 
Um, yeah. And it does stand out to me as being some top quality stuff. Um, and I think the issues with the game have to be with more of the hardware of it being on the PSVR and stuck there rather than mm-hmm. it being on something that could handle uh, some of the uh, the eye tracking stuff um, the same way. So um, I think for me, it is the best game on here. Um, and I also think that uh, it'll get voted for critically because it is that good of a game. Did they announce, didn't they announce, or am I making this up, that they are doing PSVR 2? Or am I wrong? Uh, they might. Totally I just don't want to buy it Buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, might, I might be wrong about that. But. Uh, Moss 2 PSVR 2. Um, let's see. I could have completely fabricated that. Who knows? Uh, it will tunnel its way onto PSVR 2 when the headset launches next year. Um, while the developer didn't confirm anything, it shared Sony's release date news on Twitter and added, can you think of a game that benefits from a two-controller setup? It included a mouse, book, and a crossed swords emoji at the end of the sentence. So I think they will get it on there eventually. Um, will it necessarily be confirmed as a launch? I don't know. Uh, but that's the problem with PSVR 2 and why I didn't pre-order it when I had the chance because God only knows what they're going to do with that launch. Yeah, I also did not pre-order that. I was like, mm, no thanks. Did you get the queue for it? Yeah, I did. And I was like, no, I don't. I signed up don't for the queue. I, I just ignored it until it passed. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Next up is innovation in accessibility, recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. We got as dusk, as dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. Um... I think that like each of these has their own individual reasons what make them really, truly uh, magnificent. I thought that the quarry actually hosted a lot of just absolutely excellent um, accessibility options. But I think Last of Us Part 1 has everything that was included in Last of Us Part 2 and more. I mean, you can you can tune the way that the enemies behave. So like you can make them a lot less aggressive. You can make it so they won't flank you. You can make it so like, like there's just so much that you can do, which means that like, like my girlfriend Elena probably wouldn't be able to play that first game. It's just a little bit too complicated for her, but with the right tinkering and and prodding um, in the settings of this game, I think she could play it. Not that like, not trying to like dunk on her abilities or anything like that, but it's just, it's something that like, I think she would be able to do really well. Thanks to that sort of thing. So if in addition to all of that, for people who are, you know, non-disabled or something like that, like the amount of features that are in there for people with disabilities is just phenomenal. On, on top of that, you've got like the descriptive audio stuff um, in, in cutscenes and in gameplay, which is just, just truly phenomenal. I think that's the, the, what my vote is going to be cast for and what I think is going to win. Yeah. And I, I mean, last of us part two, one, when it came out, yeah. uh, that the year it came out. So two years ago for the game awards. And I think you can make the easy argument that the only reason the last of us part one exists is to add these accessibility <laughs> features to it, yeah. to make the game more playable for more people. Um, and that's not a knock about like the, the game. I'm sure it's, I haven't played it. it's a good quality game, but I still think like if you're thinking about how you open this game up to more people, the really, the idea about this is to open up the last of us part two to an, uh, part one, to a new generation of people who haven't played the first game or couldn't play the first game and because of that the whole reason this is existing is for an accessibility purpose um and to get some money from sony so i think this is uh clearly the winner of that for both me and the predicted pick but 
As Dust Falls in the Quarry, I uh, can speak on those two a, a little bit because I think they do a, a couple of things to make those types of games more accessible to people um, mm-hmm. in terms of some of the button presses, the time you have to find stuff, just like little customiz- customization choices that I think many people would look at a game like that who, you know, are, you know, just would play it and be like, oh, there's not like those are games perfectly accessible for people, but they're not like quick decisions, searching for stuff like a lot of that stuff can make make those games hard to play for people. And the fact that they actually like went in and make those choices um, to, to give you more time to make choices, to make button presses, single button presses, to remove that kind of button press to just watch the freaking game um, and make uh, decisions beforehand like in the quarry which I think is awesome the cinema mode that you can do what do you want yeah. characters to do that is making it accessible for so many different people even if you don't want to play a video game just set up on a, on a, on a weeknight a week, weeknight a uh, weekend uh, and watch a spooky movie and you can choose yeah. how it plays out if you've never done it before that's awesome um, I do think Return to Monkey Island though for this game the difficulty options are like kind of like eh, difference between them there it's just like basically not at all and then yeah. also like i guess you get that help book but i don't know it, it didn't it didn't ring to me as something that like was advancing the industry and adding agreed, features agreed. and new stuff like yeah it's like a help guide that you get access yeah. to but, helpful for sure and, yeah, and nice right. to have in the game but it, it, like i don't think this it's pushing the boundaries of this sort of yep. stuff yep yep Best community support presented by Discord. Uh, recognizing a small, uh, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusion, inclusive of social media activity and game updates slash patches. We got Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy Six, uh, Fourteen, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Um, they keep adding stuff to No Man's Sky. It won, I think, two years ago. I'm putting it down as my personal pick and the pick I think is probably going to win is either destiny two or apex. If I had to be pressed for it, I would say destiny two. Um, uh, I mean last year, final fantasy, um, four, is that four, 16, 14, 15, 14, 14, uh, one last year. I mean, looking at all of these ones, uh, sorry, what did you put again before I go? My personal pick is no man's sky. My pick for, uh, what's actually going to win is Destiny 2. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so Final Fantasy um, 14, I think, is one that could again be a winner, but I don't know if it, it came anything like new came out with it this year to make it specifically the one that gets the best ongoing support. And I think Destiny 2 did have the uh, new uh, expansion come out, I believe, this year. Um, and I think that game is always something that keeps changing it and uh, modifying things. So I think I'm going to double up on Destiny 2 for this one. Uh, agreed. Best mobile game. For the best game playable on a mobile device, we have Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. Um, I've only played Apex Legends Mobile. Oh, I played Diablo Immortal and Genshin Impact. Look at that. <laughs> so more than I thought, I guess. Uh, but I think the winner here is going to be Marvel Snap. Uh, my personal pick is pick is probably Apex Mobile. That's just because I am a big fan of that uh, that game, and it's just a really good translation of that game. But Marvel Snap, I think, has really taken the world by storm. Um. So you, what you're saying, your personal pick is Apex. Yep. And then my my is Marvel Snap. Pick is yeah. Marvel so Snap. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doubling up on Marvel Snap for this one. Um, I haven't downloaded Marvel Snap because I know that it'll be a time waster. From what I hear, um, these kind of games scare me. <laughs> sure. And I know that I will get too deep into this one. Um, I dabbled very briefly in Diablo Immortal. It's Diablo. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. 
Um, Genshin Impact, I, I played that. I liked it back in the past, but like it's not the the newer exciting one for me. Um, Apex, Apex. So like for me, Marvel Snap is the one that I'm afraid to download because I know it will be one of those. I get in the shower, yeah. I put it on, and I just like keep playing it. Like put my hand out in the middle of the shower just to like <laughs> yep. the next thing. <laughs> It'll ruin my life. <laughs> uh, so sorry, what'd you say? So your personal pick is Marvel Snap. Snap? Snap, snap. And, yeah, gotcha. And then that's your real pick, too. Uh, best Indie for Outstanding Creative and Technical Achievement in a Game Made Outside the Traditional Publisher System. Now, this is interesting. You've got one game published by Devolver Digital. you got two games published by Annapurna. I don't know. Then you got one's a, one that's independently published, and then uh, Tunic is a small publisher. I don't know. Are they truly indie dev- indie studios at this point? Anyway, what I'm trying to say is... My personal pick is Neon White. I think that game is fucking incredible. And I think the game that's going to win this category is probably Stray. Um, I do think that uh, even though they have publishers behind them that are pretty big, the studio themselves can be smaller. And I think a lot of the times these um, are publishers that uh, make their living off of like the more indie developers and they look for those things and they support them and they have the mm-hmm. pipelines to support them. So it's hard for me to hold that against them. Cause I don't think they're, you know, traditional indie games made by one person in their bedroom <laughs> anymore is necessarily like the, the standard, like even those people would need to find a publisher to help them get their game out there and get it right. uh, to be seen by people. So having these groups like Annapurna and uh, devolver, I think only helps indie developers make it. Um, and oh, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I like those, those are huge. Those those give people a voice, right? Yeah, I, I think that's huge, huge, huge. Um, but yeah. Um, out of all these games, uh, uh, I have not played Neon White and Cult of the Lamb. I would be interested in playing Neon White, and I'm gonna try to do that before the end of the year. I think that game yeah scratches a lot of itches that I'd be interested in. Um, my problem is I don't play PC enough, and I feel like that game would be miserable on Switch. Miserable. 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 Um, it probably runs better than Pokemon. You would guess on the Switch. Yeah, I'm going to say. I mean, what doesn't, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say um, it runs better Pokemon. Uh, I heard they're releasing a Scarlet and Violet Cloud version to play. Is that true? <laughs> no, but what if? Like, that's the only thing I can see fixing this. <laughs> but I was like, I don't even think it's a, it's, like a hard, it's not a hardware issue, though. It's like a they just made a fucking <laughs> busted-ass game issue. <laughs> like, um, so I'm going to say, uh, out of these games, uh, I, I, I'm going to double up on Stray because I was way way more into straight than I thought I would. When people are yeah, talking about like, it's a yeah, game. cat simulator, I'm like, you guys are losers. And I played it and I was like, I don't know about a cat simulator. I just think <laughs> this is actually a pretty fun game. Like, I really That's liked it. Um, <laughs> I really got into the world. I got into the characters. I felt something at the end, uh, like in a very good way. Like when, when, when the like spoiler alert things happen at, well, I don't want to spoil it actually, but it, I just felt things and it was good. And I, and I think this game, um, I'm going to name it the best indie because this is the only game to be nominated for game of the year. Sure, which, which, which tells you that the voters probably think that this game is the best indie game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, playing that game, I say predict a pick Stray, personal pick Stray, followed closely by Sifu. Best ongoing game awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. We got Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Um... My personal pick at this point is probably Fortnite. While I think it would have been Apex in the past, I think 
um, they have added too much to the point where it has alienated players from being able to come back to it. It's just there's too much to it um, that is complicated. It, it has gotten so complicated that I personally don't feel like I could go back to it. Whereas Fortnite, while they do are they're constantly adding stuff, um, it's all simple enough so that if you haven't played in a long time, you could still come back and, and have a good time. And I think this year, like, they made a huge, huge change to the no build uh, mode, right? That was mm-hmm. this year. And I think yeah. that that makes it, that is a huge change, but I think that brings more people back into it. I think there's they still have build options, obviously, but, like, that's mm-hmm. a big change to make in a game like this, to, to keep that as making it, like, a, a major mode. Um, and I think that, to me, is huge. I think Fortnite doesn't necessarily, I don't hear people talking about it as much, but I think that's because it's just such a part of conversation and society. Like, Call yep. of Duty... I don't hear people talk that much about it unless the new thing comes out. Yet, you ask people, they still play Call of Duty. Agreed. They might not talk about it. It's just like it's part of their like just background knowledge. Like There's so many things on this show that I, I will always play, but I don't talk about. Like If I talked about how many times I play Smash, you'd be sick of it because I'd be talking about I play it you know, maybe a couple matches every week. So like, yeah. uh, like that is what people do with Fortnite. So I think that Fortnite is best ongoing and i think it's deserve it specifically this year yep it's my vote for both i think it's gonna win too because of the no build stuff yep. and everything yep, else. Yep. games for impact for thought-provoking for thought-provoking game with a pro social meaning or message um a, mem- a memoir blue as dusk falls citizen sleeper endling extinction is forever hindsight and i was a teenage exo colonist um i've only played one of these i tried citizen sleeper uh i, I guess i feel like i'm not uh, I didn't play enough of these to really know enough. You know what I mean? To, to really be able to I, say. I, I'm going to be picking blind here. My personal pick is As Does Falls because that's the only one I played. Though I didn't finish it and I don't really know if that's an impact game. <laughs> is it? I mean, it, it speaks about like poverty and and crime um, and, and how like people who are pushed to, who are in poverty are pushed to commit crimes because of their desperation. Um, but I don't know if it's, uh, I, I don't know if that's what, like, I don't know how well that it holds up against the rest of the things here. I'm going to say, uh, my predicted vote is for citizen sleeper because I know that people really liked that, but I, I don't know what its messaging was. You know what I mean? But I just know that people were really, really into it. And then the rest of these games, I just, I haven't heard of, so is that your so, per- is, so, so I guess it's my personal pick Citizen Sleeper although I, I put as does falls for my personal pick I really like that game um, but yeah I'm gonna put um, Citizen Sleeper too because I've only heard a memoir blue as does falls and Citizen Sleeper people talk about it mm-hmm. and from what I heard from a memoir blue it's disappointing um, hmm. and people aren't really hot on it uh, so I mean with that being the recommendation um, but you know what I'm gonna go bold maybe not instead of citizen sleeper i'm gonna double up on as just falls because i'm just gonna put all my eggs into that basket because i have no clue i'm going in blind here so it's hard for me to necessarily um do it but you know what i think they are making quite an impact and have a very good social meeting message by saying you can wear converse and a t-shirt and be fine (laughs) and and cargo shorts shorts. yeah so like definitely okay with that and i think that's a message more people need to be here to feel comfortable wearing what they feel comfortable in I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad, Justin. I'm glad. Uh, 
Best performance awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. We got uh, Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurn, uh, McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem. Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. Manon Gage for Immortality. And Sonny Soljic for God of War Ragnarok. That's Atreus is Sonny Soljic and Christopher Judge is Kratos. Um, my pick is going to be, my personal pick is, okay, I'm doubling up. My personal pick and my uh, predicted pick is Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. I think uh, Man Engage is probably the runner up for Immortality, but I think that not enough people played Immortality for it to, um, for her to win. Which is unfortunate because I think she's got a good performance in it. But yeah, I think that so much of that game is her. Like, the game, literally, it's, it's her. It's literally all her. is her. Yes. Um, so I think that that might weigh in people's minds. But I go back to uh, what we talked about last week with Christopher Judge about there's like a moment in the game when I literally thought he was going to cry. And mm-hmm. it was a moment of him in complete silence, no one in the room with him. And he like what he's doing with his face, what he's doing like with things around him. It is just like superb. Um, and he doesn't say much in the game, but when he does say stuff, it is impactful. Um, yes. So much is said with his actions and body so much about him. And he, he talked about his performance, about him physically making himself feel intimidating by like just his presence. But he does that and mixes it with this just kindness and softness for him to really give Kratos a heart in this to see his relationship develop with um, Atreus. And I think um, Sonny Seljic did a a good job in this game, but it's not like as transcendent or as special as I think what Christopher Judge did in this. Um, Agreed. And I I, I think it's so deserved, and I I, I think it is such a great character. Um, He didn't win when 2018 came out or did he do you remember i don't know i don't remember if he did or not but um i i I just think if i'm looking at that game the things that i'm going to take away from are really kratos and um atreus's relationship and what he does in this and how he changes in this and it's it's great and i can't wait to finish the game to see how that relationship changes me too up next uh, so are you doubling down with that one Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if uh, uh, Chris Judge doesn't doesn't win, I would be a little shocked um, personally. It would be yeah, a, it, it would be an upset, and I get Immortality is a good game with that, and I maybe could see that reasoning, but I just I still go back to Judge being transcendent in his role. It's fucking Kratos, best actor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know that's wild. Best audio design, recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West. I'm going Call of Duty. Uh, They put a ludicrous amount of detail into the sounds that go into those games. Like, like it it is something that you don't notice unless they point it out. But, like, here's what it sounds like if you shoot a gun next to a wall that's to your right that slightly curves outwards here's what it sounds like if you shoot with with, uh when a wall is behind you but the wall is fractured like it is it is uh truly i I think it is an achievement and they do it every year uh and and i think that like while the rest of these games do sound good like there's something about the the modern warfare stuff that's just superb 
Yeah, I think uh, so this is going to be hard for me. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk. I'll first agree with you and say that Call of Duty is my initial predicted pick here, but I might talk myself out of it uh, because I think they go above and beyond. They do what you don't need to do with these games yeah. by like really like thinking about that kind of those small details in a way that I think is fantastic for games. And I think you can always say their gunplay feels good because they put time into making sure those guns feel good. Um, yes. But dude, I don't know about it. Every time Kratos opens a goddamn treasure chest and you just <laughs> like hear that heavy sound as he's pulling it up and like booms it up. And every time he cracks through the top of a of a smaller treasure chest, every time you hear him just walking with his chainmail or the subtle breaths as he's running through an environment, this big bulky yeah. man doing that. Every time you hear a bone, a bow, not a bone, a bow being shot. Every time you grab that axe and throw it at someone, every time it goes into an enemy, every time it hits a wall, the smack it gets it back in your hand. There's just yeah. something that is like right on the edge of it being like this like, like, like just this experience that I think the audio really just enhances that game and in a way that I, I always find myself being like, oh, like the moments when you're like just cutting through a, a thing of ice, the sounds that that makes. It's just like stupid, repetitive stuff. But, man, it just feels so good. Um, it feels so good. It sounds so good. But it just it adds to that whole presentation thing of it. Yeah, that I think like. You know what? I'm going to fucking do it. Got to work for both because uh, I just think like it enhances that game um, and it is just a, it, without the sound. I don't think the game would be necessarily as as cool to me as it would be. To your point, I can close my eyes and like I can I hear the sound of the axe coming back to him. Mm -hmm. Like, that, whooshing, like mm -hmm. that sound. I hear it. I totally can hear it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 doesn't have those iconic moments. Like, it just, it has a very realistically portrayed, like, sounds of, of these things. But, like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Totally see what you're saying about God of War Ragnarok. Like, the sound design is truly immaculate in that game. But Oh, yeah. And and th there's, there's like, a, a moment where he, like, strips off all of his weapons. And you feel, like, based on the sound, you know how heavy those things are. And they land yeah. on something. And I think it just adds so much to that, that, that design of the game. Um, that I, I'm just a fan, uh, a fan of that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna double up. Gotta war, gotta war. And I'm doubling up. Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Uh, best score in music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. You got Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Gotta War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. My personal pick is Xenoblade Chronicles Three, but what I think is probably going to win is Metal Hellsinger, because that game lives and dies by its music scoring, and, like, that's what the game is about. I think, like, not only is that what the game is about, but turns out the music is actually really good. <laughs> so, that's where uh, I'm putting it. Um, oh, this is so rough for me. There, like, I could make an argument for Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, and Xenoblade. The only one I can't make an argument for is Metal Hellsinger, because I know it's about that, but I don't think the game is that extraordinary, personally, to, like, make it go above and beyond. I know that's the focus of the game. Yeah. Um, but um, let me first go through A Plague Tale. They have this, like, really creepy string instrument. I don't know if it's, like, a, a cello, viola, one of those. I don't know what it is. But whenever mm. you have, like, the impending things coming at you, that it's just this, like, creepy string music that makes every little moment. And the whole game, you're really, like, kind of, like, flirting between being good and being bad and having this creepy music underscoring everything just really makes you, like, feel every time. Uh, like, it really underscores the actions that you're doing to be, like... I just controlled this horde of rats to kill this person. Like, dude, that's fucked up. But like, they're trying to kill me. 
but like mm-hmm. also like I'm trying to save this that my my brother I'm trying to save the world here. It is like that like just it, it really like enhances the game in so many ways that I think is just fantastic. Um, sure, Elden Ring. I mean, you pull up that game and you get that you get that like massive like epic score and when the music pumps in that game during a boss battle or just in the environment at a random moment when something epic happens you like feel it and like you know if you're in the the middle of an open world and you start hearing this like epic sound like you turn around there's a big thing flying at you um god of war like i necessarily couldn't tell you the unique songs but whenever you hear the you're like oh man you just get those feelings of like some epic stuff going on with that and then xenoblade chronicles 3 um i think has like just such an epic score like the anime pump up clapping your in like like as you're sitting standing like applause moments to it um my personal pick though is xenoblade chronicles 3 because i remember um out of all of these games that the song that's playing during that montage in the prison, I think is like, fuck it is like easily out of all of these that, I mean, I haven't beat God of War. So maybe something will change at the end. It is the one time where the music really is echoing like a moment in it. And it is really like enhancing that really impactful scene. And like, if I'm thinking about the end of the year, like what is one of the best moments in video games? It was that moment that I played this year hands down i don't think i I don't know what else is going to beat that that was like such a gut-wrenching part and then just how it comes out of that and it was so good because of that song and that music that was playing with it um so i'm gonna say my personal pick is easily xenoblade 3 um and then i think it's hard with where we go from there i don't know necessarily if people are going to appreciate xenoblade the same way uh that i i did personally but I i think Ultimately, some of the best stuff of that game is the music. It is an epic score, epic music. Uh, and I think perhaps it might it might end up winning it all. So I'm going to go Xenoblade for both. So you say that that's your number one moment, video like music moment in games this year? It's my number two. Oh? The very ending with the song that plays oh. very final moments. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? That is another good one. That is another good one. I think, it, I think it might one. be like the same. It's like a similar song. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how that connects to the characters and I'm not going to spoil it, but then what they do when they realize, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh like yeah. Specifically yeah, yeah. Yes, like, like, yeah. It all the, comes the to the running head. scene, yes. right? Right, yeah. Um, yes. I, I think I know you were impacted a lot by that scene. To me, it was the hopelessness of the other one that really, really oh, got that, me. I mean, I was like full body goosebumps. Like, I, yeah. I was like, like basically irreconcilable. It was, it was, <laughs> it was rough, man. Like, yeah. it was really, really rough. And, yes, and, yes. and in such a good way. So, oh, that's guys, careful. It's, it's going to be really high up on my game of the year list. <laughs> yeah. Hey. The more, Justin, the more I've thought about it, the more I've liked it. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know. Yeah, I think that's that's the sign of a good game. Is like the more time you spend away from it, and the more you think about it, the more you're like, "Fuck, that was a good game." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too, me too. Which is not how I thought this year would go. To be entirely honest with you, not at all. Who'd have thought? Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. Now. I just don't think Scorn is that like like Scorn has a very strong art direction, but it ugly man. But 
they didn't make it. Like, yes, they did, but it's, it's, what's his name? H.R. Geiger. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, so I guess, sorry, you know? Um, and then, uh, I think it's interesting talking about artistic design and animation. That means that while I think Elden Ring's world is beautifully designed, like it is, it is a fantastically well-realized world that has like such like it's, it's each of its elements in each of its locations are just gorgeous and, and so distinct. I don't think the animations are very good, not very good. They're just like fine. Like, but I, I don't think that the animations are anything to really, um, write home about they're, they're just serviceable animations right same thing with stray i think that while a lot of the animations are really good i think that there's a, a, enough there where th- that just aren't there they got the cat movement like spot on which i think is a, is a huge achievement right like that is just such a very realistic cat moving around the world but i don't think that the the animation is quite there i'm torn between god of war and horizon forbidden west i know I'm shocked too. I don't like Horizon Forbidden West really at all. But what a beautifully designed world and the animations are great. I think I would say that the animations are probably better in God of War Ragnarok. But I, I think that Horizon Forbidden West's art design is better. So I'm kind of torn here. Um, I'm so, going to see, yeah, what's oh, up? Uh, you go, you, if you want, I can talk through this too, as you're, as you're thinking about this, please because do, please do. So I, I, can think about I, it. I agree with Elden Ring about being the world itself is beautiful. Like in the background, seeing those trees, getting closer to the trees, yeah. being able to know where you are based on the trees around you, I think is a cool thing, but yes. like the, the animations, like characters, when they talk, they have this like super stiff face. I mean, this has been an issue yep. with, with, uh, 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 souls games forever about how the characters are <laughs> like literally doing that much of their face. Nothing. Yeah. Um, Scorn I think is like ugly it's not my kind of art style I think it's definitely an art style that doesn't mean it's the best art style you could have you could choose a lane and not be the best in it you know what I mean <laughs> right, yeah. and they chose that lane yes um, and then Stray I think definitely has some stuff I think the animation stuff is part of the of the, the thing of that I do kind of like the movement of the robots they really do a good job about making them feel human like um, in a way that Agreed. is like I'm a robot trying to be a human um, and I think the worlds are really cool I wish there was more that you could do in the world I wish you couldn't 100% beat the game and like you know an hour and a half or hour and 40 minutes like i wish there was like more to explore because some of that stuff is really cool like going in that rooftop and the open worlds ish section of that was kind of cool um and then god of war and horizon i think are are master classes in it um but i think the art direction is the same reason why 2018 is a special game um their choice the choices that they make to make the game work and to make the game flow together in its in its like overall presentation um the the one shot nature of it i think can be a little gimmicky at times but they do such a clever job whenever they have to skip time uh cuz this game doesn't happen in like one day sorry if i spoil that for you play the game you'll know how um sure. it doesn't happen over one time it doesn't happen in one location and there's this one moment and you'll know it when you get it the wall punch moment that is okay. It is just amazing. Like it, it, it was a real. It was a. It's such a little moment, really. But what they do with that, it was so clever, and it was like something that really kind of like that the one shot nature of that really made that moment really powerful. And it was something I've never really seen before. 
um, in a game and a movie and, and filming or whatever. And it was really cool. And I think part of the game itself, I think, is done really well with its world, how you know the realm you're in based on its just general design and things like that. Um, I, I think there are so many harder things that God of War does, whereas Horizon you have this beautiful open world that is one of the most beautiful things to see with the sun coming up and, uh, and you're flying yeah. through the sky and like all this cool stuff. But then you look at these, these, uh, uh these cutscenes that they have and it's, I was going to say, I think as soon as the cutscenes start is when it starts to like, Oh yeah. And, and a lot of it is just two characters talking to each other with them switching back and forth with camera angles. And yeah. I think some of their animations look fine, but like, again, I'm going to go back to freaking uh, the idea that you have, all of these micro expressions picked up on a silent Kratos or mm. even having uh, uh, Atreus like struggling visually with like how he wants to talk to uh, say, say something to a character. And, and you just have these really complex things that are done based on animation, based on the overall design of it. And I think really God of War, it should be held up on high regards for its art direction in this. And I think it's great. And um, I think it is uh, a very special game with that. And the only thing that's knocking it back is that a lot of this stuff could be a set about 2018. But I think they really do make an effort to extend it rather than what 2018 was. All right, here's a twist. My personal vote is for God of War Ragnarok and my predicted vote is for Elden Ring. (laughs) Because <laughs> I think we were talking about animation and whatever, and I think we give a shit, but I don't think they care. And I think that its its art direction is fucking great, and the animation part is the only reason why I think I personally wouldn't vote for it uh, in terms of what the category actually is. But I, I just don't think that people are going to really care about that. And to defend your choice too, I mean the the animations of the bosses are fucking awesome. Oh no, uh, I like I don't think that this is yeah. a wrong choice. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think the Elden Ring is the wrong choice for this. I just think that based on the the care the description of the category like yeah yeah i I definitely could see that and i definitely think like even though it is a a souls game it has a very distinct visual design to it that i can tell it's elden ring and i can tell it's it's different and i think there's a lot of good things about it too and you know the creepy moments like going through the windmill village and all those creepy hags there and how different that area looks than other people um and like why are they why are they creepy why are they doing that i I bet i can dance like that I think it's an achievement too for like, I feel like I could look at any screenshot and be like, Oh, they're in Kaled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. in this place. Yep. Oh, they're yep, in yep. Limgrave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think, I don't, I don't know if this is a specific category, but like the world design I think is bet, better in Elder Ring and Horizon. The overall package for me of God of War fits. Yeah. Agreed. Remember when the freeze of the lightning bolt? How fucking cool that is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things shouldn't be here. And it's Elden Ring. Um, Elden Ring has a narrative. Elden Ring has a lot of story behind it. Elden Ring does not have a great narrative. And there's a difference between having good narrative and having a lot of lore. <laughs> like, there is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I do think this one is the most story-forward version of this game, of these games. Agreed. Um, I think there's little moments with characters that are interesting, um, but I think it's so easy to miss this shit. <laughs> well, I guess my question is, like, it, it, to me, it's it's the difference between Lord of the Rings, the movies, and Lord of the Rings, the books. The books of the Lord of the Rings are good books. That's 
indisputable, right? But they're not great narratives because there's just a lot of shit in them that doesn't add to the narrative that at like the overall like moment to moment here is what happens. And they, in the movies, they really, really uh, like tightened up the narrative elements of that, uh, of the Lord of the Rings, right? Elden Ring is a great game by all accounts. Like that, like that's not in dispute, but I think it having a great narrative, I would just, disagree with because it, it's not like it, it, it just doesn't tell a very solid like a to b story which isn't bad but i just don't think that makes it a good narrative um all right question what is a better yeah. narrative the medium or elden ring narrative yeah. fuck it's the medium it's not a better you game it, the it, medium yes but let me say this like i know it's a semantic choice but it the Elden Ring has a better story than the medium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. it's a semantic thing, but the story of Elden Ring is way better than the medium. It's just that the actual narrative of like, here is what happened in the video game. I understand what exactly what happened in the medium. I get kind of what happened in Elden Ring. Okay. So um, this, this is one, I, uh, like, I think uh -oh. there's a, a huge category uh, game missing in this one. Yeah. What's that? Fucking Xenoblade. Xenoblade, right? Like just swap Xenoblade with Elden Ring and like, like I would say with any yeah. of these, like, <laughs> like I really think like that game, that story is one of the like the amount of story given into you in that game, and the amount of like, uh, like the amount of literally the amount of things and characters and all this stuff, and I never felt like I was lost. And I think in the other Xenoblades, I often felt like I was confused and lost at mm -hmm. times. This one, it was very like a very clear story, very complex simple idea but how they just expand it it was so awesome i think that this is one of the biggest omissions of, of this is the missing this for for um the narrative of it um okay. but uh yeah i think looking at all these games uh, i think you can make an argument for immortality i think you can talk a little bit more about that in a bit but i think looking at these god of war ragnarok i think i have problems with some of it but it still has that ultimate story that keeps me going about atreus kratos and odin and i think that is the most interesting through line out of all of these to me um and i think god of war is going to win that and i think when a lot of people look at god of war they look at how they develop all of their characters through dialogue and how really how many characters are in this game and they so far most of these characters that you get to meet really have really interesting stories and the story comes from them talking with each other through this through like moments and like yeah there's so much of it that even if not everything works or some of the pacing is quick it's there and it's thought of and their dramatic arcs to all their little stories and everything seems to connect in a certain way i think it's done really well um so i say god of war for both uh i'm also gonna say god of war for both uh immortality i think is probably a good pick um, but I think your take on the narrative of immortality is going to be largely dependent on how well, like the RNG of the game, which is a little frustrating, right? Like I did not, I was really, really into what was happening with it. And then I got an achievement and then apparently I clicked on like one of the things that brings you to the very end. And I got an achievement that said you beat the game. And I was like, 
did I? Uh, okay. (laughs) If you say so, you know, um, so like, you know, and I think people could take this out of context and say like, Oh, so immortality, immortality uh, has a narrative, but Elden Ring doesn't. And it's like, no, like the story, like the idea of immortality is understanding the narrative and understanding what the hell happened with this. That's not what Elden Ring is. Elden no. Ring just has a bunch of text in do- in documents or not documents, but in like item descriptions and in lore books and whatever. And that's fine. But this, the, the idea of immortality is understanding the narrative of what happened to this woman and, and where did she go and all that sort of stuff. But I think that your mileage is going to vary depending on uh, uh, that. So, yep. Yep. But because of that, I think that God of War uh, it's also, I think, just the pick that I think more people played, and I think that's unfortunate, but um, it also just tells a much more direct story, you know? Yeah. So, I, and I go. think, I, I think, uh, yeah. speaking to Plague Tale, I think there's some good moments in Plague Tale. Um, I haven't beat it, so I don't know where it goes in the long run, but I do think a lot of it is more straightforward, um, and it's not as developed as God of War is. Um, and yeah. I think uh, God of War just does, it's, I hate to say it, but it is like the triple A of triple A games. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's hard to give like I feel like I always feel bad when I'm like, oh, God of War, because it had the most money and funding that yeah. <laughs> allowed them to like hire the but, best people. And but yeah. also like that happened to allow them to make the best game. Yeah. But. Yeah. Go figure. Best Game Direction, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Rise of Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. Uh, my personal vote here is for Immortality. Uh, I, I think that game, like, in terms of, like, the vision of the director and the vision of the project and becoming what it was set out to be, uh, I think Immortality uh, is very clearly a Sam Barlow game. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's just like, I think you look at that game and you go, yeah, that's him. He did it. Like, no questions asked. Um, but I think the my predicted vote is Elden Ring because I think most people are just going to look at that. Say Miyazaki has been building towards this his whole career, which is true. I think like this is the culmination of, of the everything that From Software has been working to. Um, but... There you go. Um, I think God of War, uh, because God of War to me is a much more catered experience and directed experience than Elden Ring. Um, And like Horizon Forbidden West, like, thanks for coming. But like, like, really, like, like, I don't think it's as like streamlined and it's because it is it should have been called horizon thanks for coming i mean yeah (laughs) if it wins anything i'll be shocked and i like the game and you didn't like the game but like i thought the game is like superb um it's just kind of like there's (laughs) what port for horizon like you're going against a a first god of war and then uh you know breath of the wild good luck yeah good and eldest forgot elden ring but i'm just talking about the same fucking company um uh so I think because God of War is such a more catered story and about uh, the director talking about what's his name, the director of it. What God of War? Yeah, I don't remember. It's yeah, not I forget Curly who it Barlog. is. It's some other guy. Uh, I feel like I, I should know it. And I feel like their name should be on here. But um, I do feel like um, having him talk about how he had like his Excel spreadsheets with all the choices and the branches, like kind of like done and like really thought about in this kind of stuff because this game is all a game about connecting everything. Uh, and uh, I, I think it, it, so far there's nothing in this game that I think um, doesn't 
uh, warrant uh, this award, and I think it really is a very catered, focused, um, and good experience. Eric Williams. Eric Williams. Yes. yes. You know. I agree with everything you said. Uh, and I, I, I totally get it. So are you doubling, doing double? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double up. Yeah. Game of the year. Last one, baby. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. We got Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The answer with a bullet for me is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> out, out of these six games, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I wept. I wept. <sighs> a video game. <laughs> quietly, quietly, because Elena was asleep. But I'm like, oh, at the very end of this game. It's actually sadder like, to like cry quietly, because if she wakes up and she sees you doing that, that would be more yeah, of a conversation would, would than you no just crying. Yeah, would just have no explanation. Your I face is lit this. up from the little switch. <laughs> uh, um... I just I just think it is it is superb. You know, I haven't played Plague Tale Requiem and I haven't finished God of War Ragnarok. So there is a chance for that to change uh, with God of War, I mean. But like, damn. And I think I think it also comes from a place for me of like, I didn't know I, I didn't expect it. You know, I just didn't think it would be that what it was. And it just it it took me by surprise and took me by storm. That said, I think the my predicted pick, it's tough. It's between Elden Ring and God of War. I think I'm going to say. Mm. you talk first while well, i think about this yeah uh xenoblade for me is is as of today this is the 20th of november my my game of the year on this list i think i can make an argument uh for god of war um hard for me to make a, a argument for horizon over it so really it comes down yeah. to god of war and xenoblade um for me um and uh i i think xenoblade is the one right now that it, really hit on all levels. I have not beat God of War yet, so I think that is part of it. Um, I, Looking at this, if I'm going to make a prediction between Elden Ring and God of War, I think that's hard. Um, I think as an overall game, Elden Ring might do it. So with as much love as I've given for God of War, um, I think just because individually the narrative is better in God of War, the game direction is better in God of War, the art direction for me is better in God of War, the audio is better in God of War, um, the acting is better in God of War. I still think ultimately Elden Ring was a bigger moment than God of War and a more mass appeal um, than God of War. Um, even though God of War is doing great, I think Elden Ring can be something that is looked at as being a bigger moment. And I think I think Elden Ring will win it. And I, I think that that is it's OK if you have the a year when the best director and the Oscar isn't the same as the best picture in the Oscar. I think Elden Ring could be the best game, even if it's not the best direction. I think there's a lot of good things about that. Um, and I think uh, being if ever if all the votes go the way I predict, so they're going to be like, well, God, uh, Elden Ring's got to win something. Might as well be game a year. <laughs> And you know what, though? I think it's the difference between innovation and iteration. Elden Ring is the innovator in terms of, like, it... It You're making a face. You don't yeah, think so? No, you keep going. You keep going. I think Elden Ring is... Has take... It is iterating off of what From Software has done before. But, like, it is innovating by saying we're going to do it in an open world and we're going to do handle our open world differently than how other games handle their open worlds, right? Um... Uh, in terms of like it is sort of a hands-off approach to to that formula um whereas god of war ragnarok is an iteration 
of that first game. It's not bad, but it is clearly like they took that first game as the template and used it in um, and used it to then build Ragnarok around it. Not saying that it's bad. Obviously, like that's fine and good. Um, but I think that Elden Ring took a big leap forward and God of War took a step. Does that make sense? Oh, I, I agree with you specifically about the God of War side of things because it is built, it's standing on the shoulders of giants. I really think yep. Elden Ring, at least to me, it like basically took a game like Dark Souls and like someone like put like a, a, a helium injector in it and it just blew all that stuff up. So things are much sure, further sure. apart from each other. And like a lot of the stuff that people like about Elden Ring is in a Souls game with the exception of the fact that there's so much more to do in Elden Ring and there are so many more corners that you can go because it is so much more open. There's just, it's just a much denser version of a Souls game in a bigger world, which is impressive. And I think that is mm-hmm. a really cool thing because I think in Dark Souls, if you didn't know what to do, you're kind of stuck or you didn't know where to go. You're kind of stuck because eventually you can go in like multiple paths, but like you're going to hit walls in Elden Ring. You literally can go most anywhere and find something to do in a part of the world, in a pocket of the world that you can do mm-hmm. that even if you're not, you know, feel like you're you're good enough to fight everything, you can run through an area, get some strong armor and then be ready to do that. So I think that is how it's the bigger world has kind of, I guess, changed the gameplay but i don't necessarily think the game is anything different than what other ones was i think just that simple big open world go wherever you want is enough to make it something that is a main more mainstream game and people can who <laughs> odd, okay this is gonna be weird considering it's oddly more accessible than a souls game no no i know what you mean so um i agree i agree with it almost except i think like it's still standing on the shoulders of the games that came before it um, Mm -hmm. and then throwing Breath of the Wild into it. Not to be like saying this is a Breath of the Wild game, but there's definitely influences from a game like Breath of the Wild with its open world. Sure, sure. So there you go. Game Award nominations. Hey, thanks for sticking with us for a longer one. To be honest, I thought this was going to be an hour. Oh, dude, dude, (laughs) dude. So I'm glad that we were able to make it through. It's not four and a half hours. I know. But I'm just, I'm glad that we were able to uh, make up for not having a news show this this week um hey if you made it through this episode and wish that this was the news uh sorry but we'll be back with it next week uh covering all of the craziest the craziest moments from this week someone fly someone will die someone will fly someone will who who tells your story i think that's how the song went um <laughs> who lives who fly who lives who dies who flies who tells your story um Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Discord links in the description. Uh, Patreon at you know patreon.com slash hitbox podcast hitbox pod like Dave Parker and Jay Knoll. We will catch you next week with the news. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye.